Hello and welcome to Hammock Stories, a podcast for people seeking inspiration while on their journey to finding identity, meaning, and community. Every week, your hosts, Tu and Chenny, will be asking an everyday hero to join us in our hammock and share their personal story of how they've arrived at themselves. Slow it down. Nothing to do, abandon the cars, map our way with the stars. Hi there, welcome to Hammock Stories. It's a new season and a new year. I'm Tu, and we're so excited to start off this year with four episodes of Hammock Stories, and you can listen to anytime you'd like. I really shouldn't have a favorite guest, but in today's episode, I get to interview our very own Chenny Little, my co-host, and she gets to be in a hammock. This is super special, and in this episode, Chenny shares her shift from what she calls type A to type B+, (laughs) and her experiments in the past year has been all around slowing down and taking a self-sabbatical. She's really passionate about helping people access their authenticity, and you'll hear it time and time again. Outside of Hammock Stories, she's also the co-founder of Got Care, a social venture that provides community-based health care to Canadians who have been on the wait list for too long. Chenny also teaches empathy and design thinking at the Canadian Forces College, hosts learning circles, and so much more. Her energy and kindness really inspires me. And here we go. Here's Chenny's hammock story. Welcome to Hammock Stories. Oh, it's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing on this hammock? I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. How's your day so far? You know, I've had a pretty stressful week. Last week, totally self-imposed. <laughs> we're uh, we're selling our condo. Yeah. In Toronto, and. Um, yeah, it was a it was a great lesson in in uh, the impact of ambition <laughs> to your life. <laughs> we decided to take on like these renovations, and I mean, it was a good outcome in the end. But was it worth it? I will report back. <laughs> <laughs> What's a lesson you're learning this week? Hmm. Lesson I'm learning this week. I think this week, one of the lessons I'm relearning is the value of slowing down. Ah, oh, like I, a theme song? Yeah. I have a, I don't know if you can tell, I have been a type A person for a really long time. Really? Yeah, no. Right? <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> I wonder where that came from. Um, and it's tough because it's like you're, you're rewarded socially like by your friends and peers and teammates and just by like everyone around you for going super gung-ho and super fast and and yeah and so you believe this narrative of like oh that's that's what power means or like oh that's what progress looks like but it's not true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like sure there's there 
moments or speed um, and strength and and sometimes what we need the most to go the furthest is to slow down yeah I, I really love this one quote which is um, slow is smooth ah yeah nice yeah and so would you say this past year has been your first experiment on slowing down oh absolutely so for context about uh, not even a year ago yeah like half a year ago I guess half a year ago I started experimenting with an idea of taking a self-sabbatical so what I mean by self-sabbatical is intentionally taking time from 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 my day in like a meaningful way like like 30% of my day to 40% of my day to just look after myself yeah and that meant taking time away from work which I used to hold as a kind of precious time block in my life and instead transition to doing things like laying on a hammock and like reading a book or laying on a hammock and taking a nap (laughs) (laughs) or like taking three hours to cook an epic meal for myself um yeah are hannah and you rowing around the park (laughs) yeah totally totally i have an adorable shiba inu her name is hannah she's very sassy (laughs) <laughs> and she's definitely enjoyed my self sabbatical for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I have too. <laughs> yeah, but I remember distinctly that so um, one day I think you emailed or called me and said, "Too, I'm stressed <laughs> on my self sabbatical because I don't know what to do." Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, like it's one of those things where you know you like previous to the sabbatical, I. Like, if you wanted to plan something with me, it had to be, like, two weeks in advance or some, like, crazy thing like that. And, yeah, like, when you kind of gift yourself half of, like, a quarter to half of your week back, it's kind of like, shit, what am I going to do with all this time? (laughs) Yeah. How did you, how did you um, alleviate that anxiety? I mean, I think, I think the answer was like just being myself because when you're really busy, actually a lot of the times you're busy doing stuff based on Other someone stuff. else's agenda. Yeah. 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 Like it comes from someone else's need and for whatever reason, like you give yourself all the excuses to, to deliver despite it hurting yourself and then subsequently like everyone around you but yeah you just just do it (laughs) but if it's based on your own need like we always procrastinate or like you know oh there'll be next year I mean that's why we're so bad at stuff like new year's resolutions right like they say like the first the first day that your new year's resolutions break is like January 2nd Gym memberships go up before that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so yeah. what? So when you had the space to do your listen to your own needs, mm-hmm. what what was that process like? Was it challenging? Or? Yeah, like it took like a good couple of months to stop feeling 
anxious. Um, And for me, I, I, I don't remember what day it was, but I remember one day when I felt, I don't know if this is going to make sense, but I could feel time. And it was like the first time in my entire life that I could feel time. And I, I remember that week, like, going to catch up with people or seeing people for coffee. And they're like, Jenny, how are you? I'm like, oh, I can feel time. And they're just kind of like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. What does time feel like? How, like, time is like magic, you know? It's like, it's like we, we work really hard so that we can have more time to do, like, X, Y, Z. Like, that's kind of the common narrative. Yeah. But actually, like, time is always there. Yeah. <laughs> we just have to choose to take it. Yeah. And, and feeling time, basically, for me, it feels like instead of things happening to me all the time, like, like, like my weeks go by or my day goes by or I forget to do something like eat or I don't sleep enough or like just because, you know, there's not enough time. But actually, by choosing time... There's way more time. Yeah. And it's so simple. <laughs> it's like, yeah, like what, what, I mean. Is it simple, really? <laughs> I guess, I guess the transition is simple. The choice is not simple, but actually once you make the choice, it's like, that's all you really have to do. There's not like any other additional stuff you have to take. So if you were to <laughs> sell it to someone else, like why you would ever take a self-sabbatical or want to feel time, mm-hmm. what why? For me, I mean, the reason why I did it was because I felt in my heart that it was something I needed to do. Now, looking back, I can articulate it a bit better, which is my past self. I, you know, I, I had all these crazy things going on. Like, I, um, before I took the sabbatical, like, I'd have hives randomly showing up on my body, and then they would grow to like places like my neck and then my husband would freak out and he'd be like we're going to the hospital (laughs) and then you're like stuck in emergency for like four or five hours of course in the evening and then you know you like it's a crappy next day because you didn't sleep or you spent it all day in the hospital and then the hives come back again like it's just like this perpetual cycle of stress and yeah and I felt like I felt like my life was not my own like it was like yeah like it was just these series of events were happening and I was finding a way to work through them and, and, and quote, succeed. Um, but, but I, I didn't feel like I had time to think or to like reflect or time to even feel like it was like constantly just fighting whatever was at my doorstep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I feel like now on the other side of it, I feel like what a self-sabbatical gifted me was the ability to hear myself saying the things I've been telling myself for a really long time. And it helped with a lot around like clarity, like what I should be spending my energy on and what I shouldn't be spending my energy on. And clarity on things like what gives me joy versus what gives others joy. Mm. Yeah. What does give you joy? It's like stuff like this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like I think. Yeah, and I think it's helping people be able to access their their authenticity. Like helping people be able to access themselves. Like whatever that blockage is, 
that's preventing us from reaching that. It's like, I love being a part of experiences where I can help people kind of see little parts of it. Even if it's just grabbing a coffee or like hanging out on a hammock or going for a walk, like, or even like a phone call, like it doesn't really matter. But I find, I find that when I'm with other people who are living in a way that's true to themselves, it's almost like I can see this like brilliant light coming out of them. Yeah. And it just feels warm and cozy and it's it's like it's like eating. <laughs> it just feels good. <laughs> and you just like want more. So now I'm like, oh I just I want I want to feel that from more people. Wow. Yeah. yeah, like what strikes me about you, Jenny, is like, I've only known you, I think, for like a year, two years. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and the whole time, it, it is like you are so generous with the people and like being around them and kind of showing them their authenticity or whatever and, and supporting them through their life journey. And also you have a startup about care. <laughs> um, so what... What I'm curious about is what's, what do you think started this this care for other people mm. in your life? Yeah, I mean, for me, it, I think it's, it's like you do what you want to receive from others. Mm. Yeah, because growing up, similarly, I had a very challenging childhood where my parents weren't really present. In many ways, I feel like I had to raise myself or my community raised me yeah. <laughs> in many ways. Um, like I never had a stable sense of family or a stable unit. Like I never had like a parent where I could go and like tell my troubles to or like even tell how I feel. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so I, I, uh, I feel like I grew up a lot just like keeping everything to myself and it's like it's like water right like if you if you keep it in one place it goes bad but if you let it flow it like nourishes people and yeah. people around you and I felt like I held my feelings like stale water for a really long time um yeah and it was actually through kind of other people expressing themselves and their vulnerability that kind of I was letting go of my own oh um and then I realized like oh wow like other people need this too just as much as I do and by doing it for them they do it for me like <laughs> how cool ah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah that's so cool yeah okay yeah so that's that was there like was there a particular person or particular experience that um you started sharing your own vulnerability mm. Yeah, it was actually a very messy one. Um, so I think it was, gosh, I can't remember how old I was. Probably, it was it was just before high school. Mm. Yeah, I, I made a friend um, and he was like broken, like, in, in a more intense way than I was broken. Yeah. Like, he came from a family that had 
um, a long history of substance abuse, and he was physically relocating from home to home to home all the time. Um, and yet, he always wrote these like very emotional poems. <laughs> Like I, I, yeah, and they were beautiful, and I remember thinking to myself, like, "Holy shit, I probably have some my own stuff I need to like express and like get out there." Oh. Um, and I remember approaching him about it and being like, "Oh, like these are like really beautiful and like really good," um, and and as you know, like I I have a little bit of an artistic side, so I was like. <laughs> I was turning his poems into like these like almost like uh, like this was like the days of like angel fire and stuff like that, right? <laughs> like I would like put them on a designed background with like a Photoshop pattern and wow. like like funky fonts and like like I make them like a thing. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and yeah, and it was kind of through that process of just like reading his words and then kind of seeing my own expression of his words just that little small thing was able to unlock a lot of like relief yeah it was like a (sighs) kind of thing wow so like a way to express yourself uh through arts yeah but but it was it was such a low like effort way like I didn't even have to bring the words like I just I just helped him (laughs) yeah Yeah. like a very gentle way yeah okay I get it so helping others helps you yeah um cool yeah and was that also why you went into art (laughs) (laughs) oh man no I I kind of I guess like I yeah so I did the whole academic thing like I did IB school it's just like super nerdy and yeah at the end of IB school I was like oh I'm gonna go to art school (laughs) super (laughs) makes sense right (laughs) yeah and actually the only reason why I went to art school is because my teacher the my art teacher in high school was the only person who told me I was ever good at something (gasps) he was like oh you're really good at this you should do this and I was like cool okay first person in my life who told me I'm good at something I'm gonna do that thing (laughs) yeah Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was a bad decision. Yeah? I mean, I do art now for fun, uh-huh. but definitely not for career. <laughs> it's not me. It's well, only one side. That's what I was saying. It's art, even like personal art um, or art in your before high school art is like there's like a therapy accent mm-hmm. to it or like a creative expression side or like there's all these like benefits of art uh, that you found mm-hmm. um yeah and then there's sounds like there's like a dark side of art as well <laughs> is it the professional side yeah for sure okay it's hard it's hard i think i think it's What's like hard when you when you put a lot of pressure on your creativity as a means of like making money it just it muddles it for me ah yeah okay yeah so it's like a it goes back to control yeah and, and actually <laughs> that's why I really love design mm. in general because it's like it's like practical art it's like for me it's like the art that's like really easy to sell 
Uh, okay, tell me more about design. Because you yeah. shifted from art to yeah. design. Yeah. Like, for me, design is the intersection of business and creativity. Oh. It's like, how do you take that wonder that art has, like, this imaginative, open, abundant space, and approach, like, a very linear problem or, like, a very you know, unimaginative problem. Like a business problem? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, for, like, for example, like, you know, the, the um, process of, I don't know, like renewing your passport, like a, you know, not a super exciting process. But if you take the lens of art and the spirit of art and apply it to that, then you get to really creative solutions. Ah. Yeah. It's kind of like what I do now with my current startup. Um, so we... Yeah, we took a look at home care and we said, wow, you know, people aren't receiving consistent care for all of these very specific reasons that people have been trying to fix for decades. Yeah. And saying, well, what if we approached it like art? Like, what if we got rid of our own sense of boundaries and really let ourselves go and explore what the possibilities are and then draw the limitations after? So... You say that this design thing is like, you know, the the, the more tangible way of art, um, where you go in and, and you can use what you know in art, um, kind of that, that non-linear way of thinking. Like, I was just curious, how do you go to these, like, what's like ancient systems, <laughs> like the health system, for mm-hmm. example? And like, how do you get anybody to buy into like what your way of doing it rather than, I guess, the way that it's always been? Mm. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, for me, it's it's kind of going back to the thing that we were saying around, you know, when you enable someone to unlock something inside of themselves and they, like, glow up or shine. shine. Yeah. It's kind of doing that for other people, but other people who happen to perhaps have certain decision-making capabilities. Uh, like hel- helping them see that yeah. in themselves so that they aren't just agreeing, but they are also advocates. Yeah. Um, so like they're human, going to their humanity <laughs> yeah. and not processes and institutions. Yeah, and you don't need many. You just need like one or two. Uh, That's all you need to start. Because <laughs> they can light up other people too. Like we're uh, all capable. That's so cool. <laughs> It's the easier path for sure. <laughs> and yeah, like I, I, I think it's amazing, like what you do. Like, and it's not just healthcare. Like, even in the military, mm-hmm. um, you come there every year as well. Yeah, I um, uh, I uh, work with a couple other folks, and from time to time, we teach empathy for the Canadian Armed Forces. Yeah. yeah, kind of like the same thing, which is like helping them be able to see the lightness in others to be able to make different decisions or to see to see more possibilities so that they it can reinforce their decisions. Because like we're we're living in a increasingly global and complex world where. You know, even before there was not much black and white, but now it's like everything's like the same color of gray. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> not Fifty Shades. No. Yeah, it's like it's like two shades of gray. Um, yeah, and and I think I think I think the I think that being able to have empathy and being able to see someone for who they truly are is so critical. Like without it, I mean. Basically, we're making decisions blindly, whether that's for ourselves or for other people. So, how in this journey of yours and the whole spirit of helping others, so you, you help yourself, like what have you learned, or how have you changed, maybe, of after kind of working in healthcare and with the armed forces, for mm. example? Yeah, I mean, I think a big lesson was that everyone is able to help themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, I think especially as, like, an A-type millennial person who's always been super gung-ho about things like impact and scale and, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> it's, 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 it's easy to say, hey, here's how I can make your thing better. Yeah. Instead of saying, like, hey, you have all the tools you need to make your own thing better. Mm. And I can help you with that. Mm. Yeah. It's just, like, a fundamentally different way of looking at it and I think I've now approached that in my personal life which has made a huge difference yeah like yeah like even now trying to kind of patch things up with my parents in terms of our relationship it's the same thing it's like approaching it from like okay sure yeah these things happened but they still now have all the things they need to take care of themselves yeah so I just need to help them see that (laughs) but I don't need to try to fix anything Wow, that's huge. Yeah. It's hard with parents because there's all this baggage. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. And, like, you know, you're human. And then anger gets involved sometimes. And then, <laughs> you know, fear and all that lovely <laughs> stuff. Yeah. So back to today of, like, this, um, you know, you've just gone through a week or two of more than part-time work. <laughs> um, and... You still are, you have a startup. Um, so how do you move, like, not, see that your type A is dissolving a little bit? Mm. <laughs> so what, how, what is this kind of integration process you're, you're going through now? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like ongoing, yeah. for sure. I think, I think the simplest way I can describe it is now that I feel like I'm slightly more in tune with myself than I was last year. Yeah. <laughs> um, now I just try to pay attention to little signals. Yeah. Like, oh, am I noticing that my heart rate is increasing a little bit right now? Huh, I wonder what that's telling me. Like, oh, is my back sore? Like, huh, I wonder what that's telling me. And then if I feel like I don't know what it is, then just doing something for myself, like making a nice meal, going for a super long walk, like laying in bed and listening to music that I enjoy, like whatever it is, just kind of trusting my body that my body knows better than my brain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, and it and it works out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. and like you know, there's <sighs> there's there's always this sense of like oh, you know, I should be finishing this today or finishing that today. But, like, I feel like the things that you do actually need to finish, if you're worried about 
that, you're likely already going to be finishing the things you really, really need to finish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and for everything else, it can wait. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love working with you. <laughs> oh, thanks. Likewise. Because <laughs> we just don't worry. It yeah. just works out. Yeah. yeah. And if it doesn't work out, like, cool. That's okay. Yeah. And, <laughs> like, with trust, then, how, how do you trust? Oh, it's hard. I still have a tricky relationship with trust. Yeah. yeah. I think I think I've always found it easier to trust others than it has been to be able to trust myself. Yeah. Tell yeah. me more. Yeah. Yeah, like I think with myself I feel like I'm a very reactive person by nature or perhaps by nurture, whatever you want to call it. Um, and so because of that, I've always, I've always like doubted my reactions to things. Like, oh, like I'm immediately responding to this thing that someone said or someone did instead of, instead of thinking like, oh, like, but what is it really? Um, whereas with other people, I find that it's like, I see them as people who are whole. Mm. And so I trust their decisions more than my own. But it's kind of like seeing like, oh, no, I am also whole. And starting to develop that trust with myself, too. Uh And how how does that feel to say that? Like, I am also whole. Yeah, I mean, it's like constant, like you're just basically... You know it's true, but you're repeating it to yourself, so you really buy in. <laughs> and it takes a lot of repetition. <laughs> so is it, it's still intellectual. It's very intellectual, yeah. But, like, you know it in your heart. Like, like deep in your heart, you're like, yeah, 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 I know. I, like, know. But it's, like, it, like for all of your limbs and all of your organs to, like, catch up and believe you, yeah. like, takes time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And it, time. are and there ways um, that you would advise someone? I mean, I, I think most of us know that we're broken and a lot of us fake it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, like for someone that's broken, just everyone. <laughs> how, how, how do you get one step closer to, to that truth? Hmm. I think... Mindfulness definitely helps because you already have all of the answers. And I feel like if we just all took the time to really slow down and like breathe and feel ourselves breathing and try to like pick up on the reactions of breathing and just took time we'll start to slowly see all the beautiful things that we do. It's just, it just, it, it kind of with ourselves, it almost, all of our actions kind of pass us by or we don't really account for them or think about them or reflect on them as much as when we see other people's actions. But like when you talk, I guess what comes up for me is like what you do for other people. Like you see them as whole and mm-hmm. you see them as authentic. So can we just go find someone like you? 
to be like, hey, here's a mirror. You're awesome. But does that work for you? Like if someone someone else tells you um, or holds that space for you? I think I think it's when someone can really see me for me, like you. <laughs> and then and then tells me, I'm like, oh. Yeah. Okay. Cool. It's like you get me, and you see the awesome bits. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. So yeah, because I I think the whole self thing, like putting yourself, making yourself breathe, like meditation when you don't do it ever, um, might be harder. <laughs> but maybe having others, like if there's ways, and I know you do a lot of facilitation or yeah. retreats. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's this, like, wholeness. Yeah. I mean, one of the things I did as a part of my soul sabbatical, which was really helpful, was interviewing my friends and colleagues about my own strengths Ooh. and what they saw as my strength. Wow. Yeah. Because it's, like, going back to, like, the whole thing around you don't really notice your own awesome shit, yeah. but you notice everyone else's awesome shit. Yeah. Well, it turns out other people... Have notice the same problem. <laughs> they don't notice their own thing and yeah. they notice all of your things. So yeah, so I just did us an exchange. It's like, hey, how about we interview each other? I will tell you about all your awesome stuff and then you tell me about my awesome stuff. And then oh. we can both integrate it in terms of whatever we need it for. <laughs> oh, so this is in person then? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, like just like talking to people who know you and asking them about you. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's something we do very often, but it's... It's been very helpful for me personally. How how do you receive that? Because I, I find myself, like, when people think I'm awesome or tell me I'm awesome or whatever, I just more or less, like, ignore probably 90%. <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, and and we all do. So how, how, how do you receive this so that you hear it? I think it has to go deeper. Like, I think it's... It's for me, the, hey, you're awesome, only helps so much. For me, it's the, hey, this is something that you did, and here's how it affected me, and here's the impact of that. Ooh. That I'm like, oh, shit. Like, you can't just make, like, you can't just, like, pull that out and say it in, like, five seconds. Yeah. It's like, wow, like, you actually experienced that. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I can't. Because when someone says you're awesome, you can come up with, like, a million reasons why you're not awesome. Yeah. But when someone tells you about how they feel and, like, how transformational something that you helped them with was, like, you can't discount it. Like, all of the all of the stories you tell yourself around, like, oh, that's not true. Or, like, oh, like, they're just seeing blah, blah, blah. Like, all of that goes away because, like, it can't not be true. Yeah. So it's factual. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ah, yeah. cool. Yeah, like you can't ignore it. <laughs> that sounds like an awesome framework <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to compliment, not even compliment, but just really like hold a mirror to someone else. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's a mutually beneficial exercise. Ah, yeah. So I think we're almost out of time. I'm curious now that you're kind of in this transition to less type A, <laughs> B plus. B plus. B plus. Yes, B plus we talked about goal. to be and a B plus. A B plus. <laughs> yeah, being a B plus, it's a thing. Okay, explain B plus first. <laughs> <laughs> like, I used to look down on B, B, like people who were not A types. Yeah. And 
And then, and then I started, you know, my body started falling apart. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I got it wrong. <laughs> and then I was looking at, at people who weren't A-types and thinking like, wow, that looks so peaceful. That seems so peaceful. <laughs> and basically I like channeled my ambition towards that. Ah, so B plus. Yeah, so that's where the plus comes in. Because <laughs> that part of you doesn't like go away. No, go away. But instead of being externally ambitious, I started to becoming internally ambitious. Yeah. So, so what, B plus. <laughs> so maybe on that, like what advice would you offer to the younger type A Chenny? A plus Chenny. <laughs> Yeah. Now knowing what you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think to younger A-plus Chenny, my advice would be, what other truths exist at the same time? Ooh. Yeah. Cool. Instead of it seeing us like, oh, here's like one specific way of succeeding in life or like one specific way of designing your career or one specific way of like having a thriving relationship. It's like how many things can be true all at once. I like that. I mean, back to the two shades of gray or one. (laughs) Just all gray. (laughs) Or the rainbow. Yeah, true. (laughs) Um, yeah, it's not so black and white here. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, too. How how's it feel to be on a hammock being interviewed? It's super weird. Yeah? Yeah, because, like, we've now done a whole season where yeah. we interview others. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, but it's, it's, to your point, it's, I think it's really powerful to experience what you try to create for other people because I think it helps you be able to express it or articulate it um, or even just like understand it better yeah Yeah. and what's the it I guess oh the magic magic (laughs) magic or like the love like the experience the act, like the, the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. So what? What's something uh, after doing a season of hammock stories? What? What have you learned, or what's a highlight? Hmm. I think a highlight for me was definitely, you know, that everyone we put on a hammock are people that we already know in our own lives. Yeah. Yet, and some of them I've known for years. <laughs> Yet putting them on a hammock, it's like I've learned so much about people that I didn't know. And it's kind of taught me, like, wow, there's so much stuff still to learn from everyone around me, even those I've been around for years. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. It's so cool. it's only 30 minutes. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like how much untapped wisdom is there? How much more untapped wisdom is there around me? Yeah. Can yeah. you imagine? I feel like we, if we had hammock circles or just places with hammocks and friends. Oh, absolutely. Um, we'd learn more. Yeah. And like, I feel, I feel like a different type of connection now with everyone yeah. that we've put on a hammock. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like our, 
we have an, another layer in our relationship like, that's special. I feel, I don't know, the word, I use it in coaching a lot, is like sacred. Like, mm. I, like whatever is happening right now is like, I don't know what happened, but like I get to witness this. And mm. It feels very like sacred or special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's something that we should do more of. Yeah. Like be on a hammock, just like while we're with each other. Uh-huh. Whether it's making a meal together or whatever. Yeah, like, but somehow this medium yeah. <laughs> itself lends itself to this kind of conversation. It's true. You can't help yourself, but kind of be chill and pour out on a hammock. <laughs> <laughs> pour out on a hammock. Yeah. Okay, thank you, Jenny. Thanks, too. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Hammock Stories. This was a lot of fun. We got to experience what our guests experience in the hammock. We'll swap seats in the next episode as Jenny interviews me. So look forward to that episode. If you think of someone that could benefit from listening to this episode, please send it to them. And we'll see you next time on a hammock. Sleeping is nothing to do. Them and the cars, they're always the stars.